Welcome to episode 34 of No Eye Contact. My name is Ash. I'm your host. Haven't been here in a while. Welcome back. Thank you. Stop. Stop. Thank you. I have a new podcast recorder thing. I don't even fucking know what this is called. It's, it's, It's the brand is Zoom. And so instead of having to have like my computer everywhere to record it, I have this thing and I could bring this thing mobile, you know, and it comes with a little soundboard. I, I could add my own sounds and maybe one day I will, but it comes with some preloaded sounds. We've got four sounds here. We've got funky. Hell yeah. Horn jazz. That's sick. And then we got applause, which stops very quickly. There's no, there's no fading. Done. And then we got a classic. But um, that's for if I make a really sick joke. My fucking computer won't turn on and I'm going to literally end my life over it. Yeah, I forced Firefox to exit. Hello, hello, hello. I'm going to fucking kill myself. It's fine. Welcome to episode 34. My name is Ash. I already said that. Okay. <clears throat> Where have I been? So kind of you to ask. I decided to take a break from the podcast because I was taking classes to further my career and I was focusing so hard on meeting like a one week deadline and finding fucking top and just stressing for this podcast that no one actually listens to. I mean, a lot of people listen to it. It's very popular. It's number one on the charts. Don't check that. And I just was like, I really got to fucking finish these classes. And so I decided I was going to pause the podcast until I finished my classes. I finished my classes, flying colors. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. I cheated the whole time. And... Should I admit that on the internet? Mm. I'm joking. It was a joke. I would never cheat. I've never cheated. I'm not a cheater. I really hope it's picking up those sound effects because that would be so funny if it didn't. This computer is so fucking old and I'm going to fucking end my life. I'm, I'm gonna, oh, I'm about to, oh, I'm about to fucking go. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Finish my classes. And then next thing you know, it's fucking island time. Okay. My friends and I, we usually go to the beach and I like the idea of the beach, but here was the idea this year was like, we like the idea of the beach. What do we like about the beach? I like swimming and I like being in the sun and I like drinking with my friends you know what do I not like about the beach the salt water burns my vagina the sand fucking flicking up the fucking back of my legs getting stuck in all my crevices hauling all your shit out to the beach and then 
it's crowded and kind of gross and you don't have enough shade for everybody and if you want to go in like you got to fucking battle the sand and the chub rub and the burning hotness of the concrete and the sand and it's just honestly not that fun i like the idea of the beach not that fun so this year we decided to get brazy with it hold on a second I'm standing up and I'm out of breath. I'm literally just standing and talking and I am out of breath. Excuse me. Open Google Docs. It's probably because my my laptop's on 4%. That's probably why she's not working her best. But also she's from 2012, so... Get your shit together, you know. Not Google Docs. I'm gonna... I'm gonna fucking end my life. I'm gonna fucking end my life. So anyways, my friends and I, we decided instead, because I have some friends in West Virginia and then Aaron and I are in North Carolina, and the West Virginia people, like when we go to the beach, if we go to South Carolina or North Carolina, like they have to drive further, which is not fair. So we were like, why don't we meet in the middle in Virginia? And at first we looked at like Virginia Beach, but Virginia Beach, expensive, crowded, again, don't actually like the beach. So then I'm like, dude, I just need a pool. I just want like a house where we don't have to deal with people and there's a fucking pool. And so that's what we did. We stayed in Covington, Virginia at an Airbnb. The people were very nice and they had a very nice pool in their backyard. And it was just so fucking fun. It was so fun, dude. It was perfect. I don't want to go to the beach anymore. I don't want to go to the beach until I am rich enough to like, have a have a private beach when I go you know I don't want to see people and I also want it to be a beach where I don't have to walk that far you know and I can get drunk and smoke weed and it's not frowned upon so anyways uh we so we let me think the drive was fucking beautiful Virginia is very pretty Virginia's for lovers I don't know if y'all heard, but Virginia's for fucking lovers. Give it up. Give it up for Virginia, everybody. Virginia's for lovers. Gay lovers. But so, I'm like trying to do three things at once. I'm trying to form a coherent thought. I'm trying to then like put that thought into words. And then I'm also trying to open. I'm trying to sign into my Google Drive on my ancient fucking MacBook so that I can get to what like I wanted to talk about today. Sorry, I really could have I really could have prepared better, but my life's a joke. <laughs> Anyways, okay, Virginia, Virginia, Virginia. What did I want to say about Virginia? Um first day we got there in the pool. We're in the pool. We went grocery shopping before that way as soon as we got there, we could get in the fucking pool. And we started drinking. I got drunk. It was fun. Oh, here's the best part about Virginia. No one got sunburnt. And that's a big thing because every single beach trip, I get fucking sunburnt and I ruin the beach trip. Because you feel you feel like you can't go in and hide from the sun because it's like we just fucking dragged all our shit out here. We got to sit here for at least four hours, even if it like it's the fucking peak UV rays or whatever the fuck. And so we had a good night. We played Catan that night. 
I don't know if you've ever played Catan, but it, it's really complicated. And I lost, and I don't want to play anymore. And then the next day, we were up early. It's a Saturday, and Aaron's making breakfast, and then all of a sudden, the power goes out. We thought we blew a fuse. So we like found the breaker box. We were flipping everything. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, here's the other thing is that apparently we all have Verizon wireless and in on that like specific spot in that street, Verizon could not reach it. And so they were like, you have to like drive down the road to get connection. So as soon as the Wi-Fi goes out because the power went out, I can't even contact the Airbnb lady to be like, hey, I think we broke your house. <laughs> and so uh Aaron and I drove down the road because we were trying to go to this gas station to get service to text her and then the gas station doesn't have service so we're like okay it's this whole area and we like talked to somebody and they're like yeah the power went out we don't know what happened and we're like okay that's fine we just got some drinks and we hung out by the pool and then I was literally like it's getting close to lunchtime like let's and it's fucking hot <laughs> and I'm tired of sitting out here and I'm gonna get some Bert. let us kind of get dressed and go explore town you know get lunch go into some air conditioning and then maybe when we come back the power will come on before we leave the power comes on great and but that doesn't even matter but so we drove about 30 minutes away to lewisburg west virginia west virginia wild and wonderful give it up and here's the thing about lewisburg west virginia is they were having their own gay pride festival that day we left before it happened because like traffic and we had already been there a few hours and like we're already all gay enough to like like we don't need to see we don't need to see more gays like we have enough gays in the crew and like also remember when pride was like one of the seven deadly sins remember that you're all going to hell I can't log into my fucking, what the, oh my god, I'm, I should have, I should have made sure my fucking laptop was set up before I did this, because this is pissing me off, dude. I'm trying to log into one account, and then that one account's like, you need to verify that this is your account. I can't use my phone because I'm filming with it. And so now it's trying to send it to my other email and I'm trying to log into that email and I'm so scared it's going to be like, you have to verify this email. God damn. <sighs> oh, we went to this fucking cantina, Del Sol cantina and had a quesadilla burger. It was so fucking fire. Got a mojito, a melon mojito. It was so good. And I ate too much food and then i had a belly ache for the rest of the day my tummy hurt um we bought some local art we went into a lot of cool like vintage antique stores got some cool shit and it was just fun and then came back swam again and then oh aaron and josh like grilled out that night and it was so fucking good it was so good oh here we go here we go i'm in I hacked in. Open it so I can see the fucking verification code, bitch. 
And then the next day, woke up early again. And that day, we had decided, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. We're day drinking. We're going to, we've bought, we've bought, we bought so many groceries. We need to go through those groceries. Oh my fucking God. I just need to look at a fucking. I just need to look at a fucking PowerPoint. Oh my god, I sh- I'm so mad at myself. But I'm already 16 minutes in, so I I can't deal with this, you know what I'm saying? I just start singing hairspray. You can't stop the avalanche as it races downhill. You could try to stop the seasons, girl, but you know you never will. And you could try to stop my dancing feet, but I just cannot sit still. Cause the world keeps spinning round and round, and my heart's keeping time to the speed of the sound. I was lost till I heard the drums, and I found my way. Cause you can't stop the beat ever since the whole world began. I wish I found another shake it, shake it, shake up a man, and so I'm gonna shake it, shimmy at the best that I can today. Cause you can't stop the beat oh i've never seen the original hairspray but i like the hairspray with um nikki blonsky and zach efron and john travolta did good as the mom but like did we have to get a cis man to play that character you know like i'm sure there are very talented trans women who could have played it Open this fucking presentation, I swear to God. Oh my God. Okay, so on Sunday, we decided we're day drinking, we're chilling. Woke up at like 7.30 in the morning. What did I do at 7.30 in the morning? I had my first drink. And I continued to drink until 12, right? And I got pretty drunk and I remember we ate like sandwiches for lunch and as I'm eating my sandwich I was like whoa (laughs) I don't want to I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't open this because this is like the whole podcast Mm, I'm not saying that that's me god damn and we're back baby and if I just stopped filming and pressed the buttons on my phone the first time probably could have saved about fucking 10 minutes of bullshit but that's fine we live and we learn and we love and we we let go and we evolve and we adapt and we change and okay so I'm really drunk on Sunday I got so drunk that like I had no choice but to take a nap on the couch right But here's the dumb part is that I took a nap on the couch in my, my bathing suit that was still wet. (laughs) That's the level of drunk I was at. Okay. But, uh, it was a good time. And then for dinner, we got Domino's pizza and it was fucking fire. And yeah, and then the very next weekend was Everett's birthday. So we all go to West Jefferson for Everett's birthday. But 
It is Everett's birthday, but it was a trick. It was a dirty little trick for Everett to propose to his girlfriend of five years, Allie. And we were all in on it, except for Allie, obviously. And we had, we had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. We played Monopoly. And then the next day, we got a little picnic, took it, took it to the parkway in Boone. And we were like, oh, I was like, I just have my fancy camera. Like, let's just take, like, some cute pictures. I don't know. And, like, Aaron and Josh are there. So we're doing, like, couples pictures. And then next thing you know, Everett's down on one knee proposing. And it was beautiful. And we all cried. So congratulations to Allie and Everett. Newly engaged. Long time lovers and friends of mine not lovers of mine lovers together but friends of mine i've been friends with them the whole time they were they known each other i was there when they first met i met everett when she first met everett i've known them their entire relationship i lived with them for like three years of it two years of it it's beautiful and i love them forever and I'm just excited for my friends. I was excited to be a part of it. I came home and thought that maybe I ruined it, but I know that's my anxiety and it was fine and it went great. And I didn't ruin it. Okay. You hear me? I did not ruin the proposal. But so anyways, now that I've been talking about nothing for 20 minutes, not nothing. I shouldn't say that after I just said my friends got engaged. After I've been running my blowhole for 20 minutes, Let's get into this episode. Woo! We have to talk about the bugs. Oh, wait. Uh, theme change. We have to talk about the bugs. We have to talk about the fucking bugs, dude. It's bad. And I decided that I hate summer. I hate it. There's too many fucking bugs. I live in like a fucking swamp, apparently. And I, I can't go outside. I can't go outside. I'm covered in bug bites. Covered in mosquito bites. I got bit by ants for the first time. That was cool. I have like a beautiful front porch. I would love to sit out and enjoy. Mosquitoes attack me every time. I hung up a giant mosquito net. I'm a fucking idiot and I didn't pay attention to like how tall it was. So there's about three inches at the bottom where mosquitoes can get right in and they do and they attack me and I could rehang it. Not gonna, not gonna do it, mate. It took too long for me to do it the first time. So I'll just fucking complain about it. Okay. And I can, and I'm allowed to, and this is my podcast. Yep. And so, oh, Y'all have a problem with house centipedes? House centipedes. I talked about this last time we talked about bugs. They are all over my fucking house. My house is like 100 years old. Definitely all the fucking corners and nooks and crannies and everything is not sealed correctly. I actually know for a fact. My door, we put in a new door. And I think my house is fucking like crooked. (laughs) There is a diet. There's like a fucking gap under my door. And I'm like, I know... I know the bugs are just like club. There's a club in there. There's a fucking club in there. And honey's no help. Honey doesn't fucking attack bugs. She's not a good cat. I've seen videos of people holding their cats up in the air to like attack moths. If I did that, 
Honey would not understand what was happening. She would think that I was trying to hurt her. She would be so scared. She would shit her little britches. And that's it. She's fucking useless to me, but I love her. Anyways, the the bugs. Ooh, the fucking bugs, dude. The fucking bugs. So many bugs. I'm so itchy. The whole backside of me is fucking itchy, dude. I got bug bites on my back, on the back of my legs, back of my arms. I've had one on my fucking forehead. It's so bad. And those little fucking house centipedes, when I see them, I just fucking crunch them. I crunch them with my shoe. It's crush, crush. Also, you ever heard of June bugs? Also talked about this last time. They're fucking everywhere, dude. And they're so stupid and they fucking just bonk into shit. And they're so loud and there's so many. And they scare me. And I hate them. And it's not even June. I don't know why they get nicknamed June bugs because I see them in July. I see them in July. Call them July bugs. I'm just saying. But yeah, they fucking suck. My parents' house is white. And like, I guess they think, I guess they think like it's just like a bright light or something. So they just fucking run into their house all, all day, all fucking day. But I actually, this was a few weeks ago, I went to throw the trash out and there was a bug that I had never seen before in my life on the trash can. It, it looked like, I showed it to Aaron and Aaron said, why does it look like it has high heels on? And it was like this black, bu- black bug with like red markings and it just looked crazy and I'd never seen it before. And so I was like, damn new bug just dropped that's so crazy and then later again i've never i'm 25 years old i've never seen this bug before in my fucking life and then right after i see it for the first time like within the week there's one like in my bathroom window like between the window and the screen and it fucking shed it's like exoskeleton and i, I didn't even get to see the full like evolution but that bitch was big. That bitch was getting big living in my fucking window. And like he could have, he was almost big enough to pay rent or like at least register for like taxes or something. He was crazy. But so after some research, cause I'm like, what the fuck is this bug? Right. After some research, I realized, I learned, I realized I put it together I learned that it is part of this very large group of many different bugs called an assassin bug. That's fucking scary. Uh, so in my, so here's some research I learned about assassin bugs. First of all, they're considered the bad boys of the insect world. That's a real thing that an article wrote about bugs. Bad boys of the insect world. There are 160 different species of assassin bugs in North America, and there are more than 3,000 species of them worldwide. And the shared characteristic is that they have a curved dagger-like mouth part known as a rostrum or proboscis, which is used to kill prey. They spear their victims, they inject venom to kill them, and then they suck on the prey to feed. They have a beak. The beak is used for self-defense against predators. They eat aphids, leafhoppers, and caterpillars, and can even consume insects larger than themselves. They actively hunt and patrol. They're basically like little garden cops, right? A cab. So 
like I said, there's like 160 different fucking species of assassin bug in North America. So I, I have no idea what kind specifically of assassin bug I saw. But from, from my research, I think I saw a nymph, an assassin bug nymph. So like a little teenager one. And like when I look up nymph, I can see some that look like it, but I can't get something to tell me like what that little teenager turns into. So I have no fucking idea. Like I said, there's so many times there's like wheel bugs, ambush bugs, and then there's even ones called kissing bugs. But so then I'm like, okay, kissing bugs, whatever. And then that leads me to the kissing bug scare of 1899. So, <clears throat> Charles Darwin actually wrote about the kissing bug before it was, before they like knew fully what it was. And he said, at night I experienced an attack and it deserves no less a name of the Benchuca, the great black bug of the pompous. It is most disgusting to feel soft wingless insects about an inch long crawling over one's body before sucking. They are quite thin, but afterwards round and bloated with blood. And in this state, they are easily squashed. And that was from March 26, 1835. And so here's a quote from an article. The great black bug of the pompous was most likely a bloodsucker called Triatoma infestans, an insect which is a primary vector of a parasite called Trypanosoma cruzi. This parasite causes Chagas disease, a debilitating infection that harms the victim in two stages, an acute phase that begins about a week after the bug bite and causes fever and occasional swelling at the site of the bite, and a chronic phase that shows up as long as 25 years after exposure, where the patient's organs are irreversibly damaged. Organ damage primarily targets the heart and digestive system. So basically, uh, Chagas disease is an endemic throughout South and Central America and Mexico. I had to look up what endemic means, and it means regularly found among particular people or in a certain area. So apparently this is like, this it's a lot. And there's like 6 million new cases every year. There's like 7,000 to 12,000 deaths every year. And cases in the U.S. are rare, but they are increasing and so these kissing bugs basically it's like the kissing bugs that have this parasite if they have the parasite and they bite you that's like how they spread Chagas disease and the kissing bugs that spread Chagas disease are found in 28 states mainly in Texas Arizona and New Mexico and it's rare that they bite humans but like obviously it does happen but they can feed on a wide variety of species but they usually don't go for humans i don't think but so basically i'm gonna read oh, i'm out of breath okay i'm gonna read this article about the kissing bug scare of 1899 while most people may not view kissing bugs as a fearful threat today, that wasn't the case for a short period in the summer of 1899 when kissing bug hysteria reigned in the U.S., according to a research team led by Melissa Garcia at Baylor College of Medicine. By revisiting newspaper and magazine accounts of purported kissing bug bites from 1899, the researchers found that the bugs were blamed, often sight unseen, for a wide variety of bites and symptoms. But while the epidemic may have been overblown, there's something intriguing about this outbreak. 
The scientists say it's possible that Chagas may be endemic to the U.S. after all, and the, this insight may help us better understand the current reemergence of the disease. Awareness of the mysterious epidemic began with an article in the Washington Post on June 20, 1899, Bite of a Strange Bug, eventually resulting in more than 60 articles on the kissing bug epidemic across the country. Reports of the bites were concentrated in the Northeast, with a handful of cases in the Midwest and one each in California and Georgia. The original article suggested patients were affected by an insidious insect that bites without causing pain and escapes unnoticed, resulting in the place where it has bitten swelling to 10 times its normal size. Though most of those bitten recovered without incident, several fatalities were reported. Though most of those bitten were Though most of those bitten recovered without incident, several fatalities were reported, with one noting that the cause of death was the sting of a kissing bug. Though it should be mentioned, the, the bug was identified by neither the patient nor the coroner. Robert Bartholomew, author of Panic Attacks, The History of Mass Delusion, points out that this was the cause of most reports of kissing bug bites and deaths. The bug itself was never seen. Bartholomew also points out that as an epidemic, as the imp- as the epidemic progressed, the reports became more out. Jesus fucking hell. Reports became more outrageous. One self-reported victim from Brooklyn said the bug had a head like a rat and two long fangs. A man from New Jersey claimed that he was bitten by a bug almost six inches long, about six times longer than the average kissing bug. Another from Indiana said a kissing bug dove and attacked his big toe as if he was boring for oil. You bitches dramatic. They may not have had fangs or been a half foot long, but were kissing bugs blameless? Government entomologist Dr. L.O. Howard stated in this August 20th, 1899 New York Times that the epidemic wasn't entirely a myth. While he noted that these bugs had been known to science for 50 to 75 years, he suggested the bug may be more prevalent in the summer of 1899 due to climatic conditions favorable to the propagation of the insect temperatures in the northeast where most of the reports originated were two to three degrees celsius don't know what that is higher than normal which could have led to an increase in both kissing bugs and other biting insects howard expanded his thoughts in a popular science monthly article published the same month where he noted that the so-called kissing bug scare has been based upon certain undoubted cases of the bite of one or the other of them species of kissing bugs but that the other bites including mosquitoes with hysterical and nervous symptoms produced by the newspaper accounts have aided in the general alarm the epidemic of kissing bug attacks may not have been entirely real howard wrote but the epidemic of fear was and he knew who was to blame and this is where we connect to what's going on today the epidemic of kissing bug wait this happened during this happened during one of the temporary periods when newspaper men were most actively engaged in hunting for items. There was a death of news. These swollen faces offered an opportunity for a good story and thus began the kissing bug scare, which has grown to such extraordinary proportions. Fake news! The fucking media was hyping this shit up, scaring little fucking housewives in their home about kissing bugs killing you in the night (sighs) very very similar to what's going on today as garcia and her fellow researchers know what might be the weirdest about the kissing bug hysteria were the cultural influences it elicited they report that 
Replicas of the kissing bug became a fashion statement. Even criminals used kissing bug encounters as defenses in their legal arguments. While Bartholomew includes in his book kissing bug poetry penned during the scare. This is kissing bug poetry. Swift, with undiscerning glee, through the land he goes, kissing one upon the lips or the chin or nose. Some of us well know they, they worth. Gay philanthropists, some of us who but for thee never would be kissed. Beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Bartholomew. The, this end-of-the-century flare-up preceded the original identification of the disease by a decade. The cause of Chagas disease wasn't recognized until 1909 by Brazilian physician Carlos Chagas. So there was no way in 1899 to test bitten individuals for the parasite or to recognize kissing bugs' roles in transmitting the disease. The 1899 epidemic provides a couple of lessons. One, it suggests that Chagas disease may not be a recent import and emphasizes that the disease's insect vectors have long been in the country. Second, it provides a lesson in media-driven fear as an epidemic unto itself, something that is only amplified by the internet. Like Charles Darwin, who is suspected of having suffered from Chagas disease, we're left with mere speculation and hype. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> Kissing bug e epidemic, fake news, Chagas disease, a lot to unpack, a lot to unpack. But so then I'm like, so I just saw this fucking bug. Like there's, are there new bugs? Have we discovered all the bugs? Like what's going on? So here's, here's a quote. There are almost 800,000 insects already known. And each year, roughly 7,000 to 10,000 more are discovered. One of the reasons there are so many insects is because they are some of the oldest creatures on earth. Insects have been around more than 4 million years. They've been around a lot longer than that. That's weird that they chose four. They have survived for so long because they can adapt to almost any condition, environment, and temperature, and they will eat almost anything. It's safe to say the number of insect species in the world is 800,000 and counting. So this brings me to, I accidentally like watched a YouTube documentary about this specifically, and it blew my fucking mind. So this leads me to the Carboniferous period, AKA big bug time the time of the big bugs so this is 359 to 299 million years ago right 70 million years before even like the first dinosaurs show up and earth's atmosphere is very very rich in oxygen it's very hot and humid it's kind of like like the land is a lot of just swampy rainforest and this is fucking perfect for the bugs and also like the amphibians and the other shit arthropods that's not a bug is it is an arthropod a bug i don't know is a horseshoe crab an arthropod i'm not gonna google it <laughs> these are just questions you know questions we like to think about <laughs> what's an arthropod anyways it doesn't matter okay <clears throat> Bugs were, and this is a quote, bugs were able to diversify greatly, competing with amphibians that were forming their own distinct groups. Despite the strong presence of amphibians at this time, arthropods were able to colonize. I guess arthropods are, they are a bug. Got it. Despite the strong presence of amphibians at this time, arthropods were able to colonize the land in many successful forms, from cat-sized scorpions to large proto-cockroaches. 
So, the, uh, scientists believe that they were big because, like, they tracked how much oxygen was being released into the air. I think it said it was like over 30%, and what we have now is like 21%. Anyways, they tracked like the size of bugs and animals and shit uh, with like the history of the Earth's like oxygen levels. And they follow it, right? Like they get bigger when there's more oxygen get, and get smaller. But at the end of the Carboniferous period and then into, I believe, like the Permian, per, something with a P period, um, there was like one bug that su- survived well into that period. However, th- so the oxygen levels kept going up and then the bugs did not keep getting bigger after the Carboniferous, <sighs> Carboniferous period. Carboniferous Period. What am I talking about? And they think it's because this is when birds were evolving. And so I guess the birds were really having like a golden corral situation with the bugs. Because it's just big bugs. That would be crazy if like big bugs continued to evolve. And like now in present day we, we had like birds. And then we also had like bug-sized or bird-sized bugs that would be a fucking nightmare that would be a nightmare i would kill myself i think i think i would kill myself Woo! but so they think that because there's so much oxygen they were able to they the bugs were bigger because they could get more oxygen through their little breathing tubes because apparently bugs don't have lungs they have breathing tubes but so yeah bug time ended with the evolution of birds and it became more preferable evolution wise to have like a smaller body, I guess. I don't know, but um, let's take a look at some of the big bugs of the carboniferous period. First one is Meganeura monye. <laughs> Meganeura is one of the largest flying insects of the period. They basically look like a present day dragonfly and they are a distant relative of the dragonfly. They lived in what is now Europe. They had a wingspan of up to two and a half feet. A dragonfly with a two and a half foot wingspan. No, thank you. Scientists say it was a predator, which fed on other insects and probably amphibians. It is assumed that its mouth has powerful mandibles that for (laughs) powerful mandibles with large, sharp teeth for crushing and slicing. Wow. Give it up for Megan Neuromanyi. Thank you. Next one we have is Arthropleura armata, which is basically a giant fucking millipede. So it's the largest land invertebrate to have ever lived on Earth. And I didn't fact check that. I just wrote that down from the article. It's a species of giant millipede, and it was found in what is now Scotland and North America. Known to reach over eight feet long. Eight feet long. And one and a half foot in width. Some incomplete fossils... (laughs) Some incomplete fossils suggest that they may have been even bigger than that. They were initially thought to be a predator. Uh, Apparently with the fossils, there was never... 
they could never find like a complete mouth with the fossils and so they just assumed like oh it's a predator and they probably had like a strong mouth things for like cutting up their prey but now they actually think that they were vegetarians they think because like there wasn't like a strong mouth indentation they're like oh maybe they just ate plants and then they also were able to examine their guts and some of their feces and they said it was mainly just like plant stuff plant shit (laughs) so they're actually little vegetarians but eight feet long absolutely not get it for arthropleura thanks arthro Next, we have Pulmonoscorpius kirtoninsis. <laughs> Not going to try it again. It's a large scorpion species found in Scotland. Some complete specimens were close to one foot in length, but a large specimen was over two feet in length when it was alive. They have four eyes, a pair of median eyes, which were likely used for visual acuity and spatial differentiation, and a pair of lateral eyes, which probably served mainly as light detectors. They are believed to be carnivorous in that they ate smaller arthropods, amphibians, and early reptiles. Gross. Oh, fuck. Thank you, Pomonoscorpius. Thank you, sir. And I'm actually going to read a oops no i'm actually going to read from this website because i found all of this really interesting about the carboniferous period and i was honestly too lazy to um what's it called uh sum it up (laughs) i wanted to say plagiarize but i mean that's not what i was looking for I was honestly too lazy to plagiarize. Also, all of the research and websites and articles I used are linked in the description. I got in trouble for plagiarism in college, so I do list my sources. I do list my sources. Okay, this is when it ended. The Carboniferous Rainforest Collapse. Here's the end. About 305 million years ago, Earth experienced a minor extinction event involving the collapse of the tropical rainforest. Atmospheric carbon dioxide levels began decreasing significantly during the Carboniferous period. Cooling during the middle Carboniferous, around 320 million years ago, caused average global temperatures to drop from 20 degrees Celsius, which is 68 degrees Fahrenheit, to 54 degrees Fahrenheit. As a result glaciation 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 <laughs> Glaci- glaciers started to increase and sea levels dropped the rainforest did not fare well in cooler drier conditions they began to shrink into isolated patches that grew further and further apart from one another later a period of global warming occurred and wiped out the remaining rainforests, which were unable to adapt to the rapidly changing conditions This rainforest collapse left behind extensive desert regions within the continent's interior. The death of the rainforest also meant death for many of their inhabitants, such as the giant terrestrial arthropods and amphibians. 
Many scientists believe that these giant arthropods died out because of a decrease in atmospheric oxygen from the rainforest collapse. There was no longer a there was no longer a sufficient amount of oxygen to power their large bodies, so they began to shrink in size. One problem with the oxygen th oxygen theory is that a giant griffin fly named Meganoropsis permiana thrived during the Permian period. When oxygen when oxygen levels were lower, the, this insect was almost as large as its close relative, the one we talked about, Meganeuromani, possessing a wingspan of over two feet. However, griffin flies had very thin, lightweight bodies that may not have required as much oxygen as other large arthropods. This could explain why giant griffin flies were able to survive into the next period while the rest of the arthropods shrank. <sighs> Whatever the reason may be for the disappearance of large land arthropods, scientists can at least deduce that the rainforest collapse was a contributing factor in their demise. With the disappearance of the giant arthropods and many amphibians came the emergence of larger, more advanced reptile species that were all adopted were all adapted to drier conditions. At no other point in Earth's history have giant arthropods populated the landscape, and many researchers believe it is highly unlikely that they ever will again. Slay. Carboniferous period slay. So yeah. Big bug time, baby. I was born in the wrong generation. I should have been born in the Carboniferous period. <laughs> it's not even funny. It's not even a joke. <laughs> I want a laugh track. I think I would take this out and add a laugh track. And I would make the applause like longer and fade out. Stop calling, stop calling. I don't want to talk anymore. I, I got my hand and my heart on the dance floor. Stop telephoning me. I'm busy. All right, so that kind of comes to the end of, uh, you know, my bug talk, my bug talk. And I just want to give you a couple of movies that I would consider bug movies, some recommendations if you just really feeling bugs, you know. So obviously, of course, A Bug's Life, classic, you know. Um... Honestly, rewatch it. Like, that's one of those, and probably the first Toy Story where you're like, damn, this is fucking old. Look at that animation. Like, this is computer generated. Like, it just looks, it just looks incomplete now. But like, for the time, good job, good job. But obviously, Bug, Bug's Life. Some people say that they think that the, um, was he a grasshopper? Yes, a grasshopper. And by some people, I think, I feel like Doja Cat or somebody on <laughs> Somebody said Hopper, the bad guy from A Bug's Life, was sexy. Do you disagree or do you agree? I want to... I think I would stay neutral <laughs> on the subject. I wonder who the voice is. Hmm. Anyways, second recommendation. Of course, a B movie. Jerry Seinfeld is a bee and he does he fall in love with a woman? That's fucking weird. I haven't seen the bee movie since I was forced to watch it in school multiple times. I feel like that was one that they would put on a lot. That and Finding Nemo. 
But yeah, B movie, classic, Save the Bees, James and the Giant Peach, where he's he's shrunk and he's animated inside of a giant peach with a bunch of big or maybe he wasn't shrunk. Maybe the bugs and the peach are just big. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in a while either. But there's a lot of bugs. There's like a grasshopper, there's a spider, there's like a glow worm. There's a there's a regular worm, I think. So yeah, and also James and the Giant Peach is one where like I have a very specific memory of Freddie Highmore playing the boy. Not Freddie Highmore, not him. All right, and then my next recommendation is Charlotte's Web, but only the like 1973 one, not the one with Dakota Fanning. Because classic, it's about a spider. It's about a spider and she's so sweet. And also my favorite part of the old Charlotte's Web is when they go to the fair and Templeton the rat has a song about how great it is to be at the fair. And I rewatched it and I made my brother watch it. And he was like, this is not a banger. Sorry, it's a banger to me. It's a banger to me. So if you want to experience some culture in your life, look up Templeton the Rat's circus song on YouTube. Next, I want to say Coraline. Coraline actually has so many bugs in it. It's crazy. Like, first of all, she's in an old ass house. So she's like... Like, there's that part where she goes in the shower, she has to kill a bunch of bugs. And then when she goes into the other world, her dad's in the garden riding, like, a giant fucking praying mantis. And you go into the grandmother, not the grandmother, the other mother's room. And it's, like, all fucking bug furniture. And then at the end, spoiler alert, the other mother becomes, like, a spider. And her room turns into, like, a giant spider web. So very buggy if you will very buggy uh next i would say honey i shrunk the kids with rick moranis uh this is this is a classic because um you know you could watch a bug's life and you're like okay i'm watching these ants like be ants but in honey i shrunk the kids maybe you can relate a little more to what it's like to be a little bug because it's actually people to the size and there's like a very sad part with an ant I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just remember it. I don't know if he dies or gets sick, but it's sad. And that's actually a very good movie and I should rewatch it. Next, I would say the first Men in Black. Heavily about bugs. The fucking bad guy is like a giant cockroach. And so there's constantly just fucking cockroaches coming out. And all the aliens kind of look like bugs. Like um, the ones that are in like the break room that look like they're kind of built like Timothy Chalamet. You know what I mean? But, like, they also look like termites or something. That was mean. I shouldn't have said that about Timothy Chalamet. I'm, Timothy, if you're watching, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have body shamed you. It was just, it was easy. It was right there. I'm sorry. No, you can't play it after. Thanks. <clears throat> okay, next, I would say The King Kong with Jack Black in it. And this movie, I think that every single movie could have about 30 minutes edited out of it. This movie could have about an hour and a half edited out of it because it is so fucking boring. But the best part is the island. Like they spend the first whole like hour of the movie just getting to the island, just getting on the just getting the crew together, getting Adrian Brody on board, getting Jack Black, getting fucking it's not Nicole Kidman. Who is it? 
Is it Nicole Kidman? It's not Nicole Kidman. It's another white lady. Not Nicole Kidman getting everyone together. They're like, we're going to go film this movie on this fucking, this crazy fucking island. And then there's the boat ride. And now it's an hour in. And then we go in and like the natives are fucking scary. That's when it gets interesting is when they get to the island. The natives are scary. And then the natives, they try to leave the island. The natives hop back on the boat and like steal her to sacrifice her. I'm going to get to the bugs. Wait a second. I'm explaining King Kong 2005. Okay. And then the monkey king king of the kongs he fucking comes i guess they were sacrificing her to like be eaten but he actually like the monkey falls in love with her duh but on this fucking island if you haven't seen it this is the coolest part this is the coolest part i just want a movie about this i don't care about the other shit i don't care about when they go back to new york okay i don't care about when he's on the fucking skyscraper i don't care there i said it I also need a sound effect where people are like, <gasps> that would be good. Um, for when I say like really hot takes like that, like I don't care about the monkey. Oh my God. Hold on one second. I have to show you a glass I have about uh, King Kong. Okay. So this fucking glass, I hope you can see it. I'm hoping it'll focus. Hello. So Allie and I in West Virginia, God damn it. We went to this fucking antique store and they had these these king these like old school king kong glasses let's see if there's a date on here 1976 okay so <laughs> the back says king kong straddling new york's twin trade towers the intrepid king kong faces his most relentless and awesome enemy civilization okay but he's standing on the fucking twin towers and he's, and he's fighting airplanes. And so here's what I want to say right now. And I know this is going to be controversial. Come on, fucking. Thank you. King Kong did 9-11. That's what this 1976 glass is telling me, is that King Kong fucking did 9-11, okay? And no one wants to talk about it. Anyways, where was that? Okay, so the island, there's fucking dinosaurs on the island. There's obviously a giant monkey. And then there's giant bugs there's giant centipedes there's there's a whole fucking scene that goes on way too long and it's very sad and dark where the the crew that's trying to get her falls into this like ravine and the ravine is filled with these fucking horrifying giant like crickets that are trying to attack them and also these fucking worms that have like layers and layers of teeth and just want to like suck their fucking face off and they're just fighting it and they're dying and it goes on so long and it's so sad and that's my favorite part of the movie is the big bugs like let's just have a just let's just have a movie about the carboniferous period that's what i want stop the dinosaur movies i want a movie about a big bug okay (laughs) so yeah the best part about king kong is the big bugs and the part where he like breaks the jaw of the the t-rex that was pretty cool i would also recommend the mummy They've got those beetles that like fucking bury under your skin and kill you somehow like that. And it's really badly CGI'd, but it is a bug. I would also recommend My Girl, which is a movie where, what's the fucking kid from Home Alone's name? Malcolm. No. 
Macaulay Culkin. Where okay, my girl is about Macaulay Culkin uh getting killed by a bunch of bees. That's not like what it's about, but that's what happens. <laughs> Growing up, my brother was very, very scared of bugs. And I had never seen my girl. Somehow it came into my possession. And my parents were literally like, This movie is fucked up and you cannot watch this movie around your brother and so i'm imagining something like fucking insane like i'm imagining i don't know something fucking insane and the movie is fucked up but it's good but then he just like it got stung by a bunch of bees and died and i was like that was it that was it that was it y'all were acting like that because of that um but yeah it was just because my brother was scared of bugs but i actually ended up being obsessed with the movie my girl and also a young jamie lee curtis is in it and we love jamie lee curtis over here we are stands my last bug movie recommendation is the human centipede i have seen the human centipede you don't need to see it I think it's cool that someone made it. I think it's cool that they were like, let's see if we can like do this. This like movie, not the actual human centipede. And I tried to watch the second movie, but the second movie is like too meta for me. The second movie is like, I think there's three. Did not see the third one. This, and I'm not saying human centipede is good. I'm just saying it, it exists. <laughs> and the second one is like a dude saw the first movie and became obsessed with it and so he recreated it or maybe like in that world the human centipede guy like did it i thought it was that he saw the movie i can't remember but yeah i don't even think i finished that movie but that's my last bug movie recommendation the human centipede thank you thank you thank you (laughs) and that's kind of all i have on bugs But um, I have decided that I want to do a segment at the end of my podcast for some good news. So it's it's time for some good news because all you hear is fucking bad news. Like we could talk about Roe versus Wade. We could talk about fucking all the fucking shootings happening. But everyone talks about that. We know about it. It just fucking depresses us even further. Not saying we shouldn't like know or talk about those things, but at least over here, I want to try to keep it more positive when I can. So I have three like good news from the past month that I am going to talk about. So hopefully you can be like, hmm, maybe it's not all bad. Brov, you know. Didn't mean to click that. Did not mean to click that. Yep. Okay. So <clears throat> time for some good news. This was from June 2nd. A UK company, a couple of UK companies, like three, I think, are trialing four-day work weeks. They have 3,000 people, and the trial's going to be six months, and they're going to have the same salary as if they were working five days. And this has already been trialed in a couple of other countries successfully. For example, in 2019, Microsoft in Japan started the four-day work week, and they saw a 40% productivity increase and four-day work week is actually the norm in the Nether- Netherlands. And the Netherlands in like are ranked like the fifth happiest country in the world to like live in. 
So let's go four day work week. Let's fucking go. You should you should be paid the same, but be able to like have more fucking free time. They found like less stress, less burnout, more like energetic, more happy, and like let's just fucking go, dude. Four day work week. Woo! This is from June sixteenth. The United States passed a one point thirty nine billion wildlife conservation bill to conserve endangered species. Hawaii will receive the largest amount of any of the states, $60 million because it has one third of the endangered animals within the U S. So let's go fucking wildlife conservation. Woo! And last one, June 17th this is another animal one. Um, a federal Mexican judge indefinitely banned bullfighting in Mexico city in 2013. A survey found 73% of Mexicans supported the ban. Four other Mexican states have already permanently banned bullfighting since 2013. Felipe Marquez of Humane Society International said, we cannot hope to tackle violence in our society if we still allow animals to be stabbed to death for our entertainment. And that's facts. So good job, Mexico City, for banning bullfighting. And yeah, that's all I got for good news. That's all I got in fucking general. Like I said, my sources are all in the description. My name is Ash. This is No Eye Contact episode 34 thank you for watching if you did if you didn't fuck you i fucking hate you and if you wouldn't mind maybe like do a little like and subscribe follow me on instagram at no eye contact pod i i just post updates when i do post and yeah it's good to be back let's try to let's i will try to get back onto a routine of posting because i do want to do this i do even though sometimes i don't but i do and yeah thank you again and i'll catch you on the fucking flip right peace